Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. The Spirit gives life, but the law kills. The law killeth, but the Spirit gives life. In other words, it gives us purpose, it gives us reason, it flows from the inside of us, and there's no pressure to do it. It comes from the inside. And we talked about several different things last week, um, the heart of tithing. We said tithing is an appropriate response to victory, to deliverance, and to salvation. Tithing is an acknowledgement of the stewardship versus the ownership. Tithing is an acknowledgement of who's the greater and who is the lesser. Tithing is separating the sacred and holy from that which is common. Tithing is never a matter of generosity. It's always a matter of duty and obligation and responsibility. And tithing is placing that which is sacred into the hands of our eternal high priest to give to the Most High God on our behalf. Now, today I want to talk about the purpose of the tithe. So we talked about the heart of tithing. Now we're going to talk about the purpose of the tithe. So if you would turn your Bibles with me to the book of Numbers chapter 18. Book of Numbers chapter 18. I'm reading out of the NLT, the New Living Translation for this particular version. And if that bothers some of you that I'm changed, I, sometimes I look at one translation and, and it just reads better, flows better. Other times I go back to another one and it just kind of flows better there. Um, so I read basically out about three or four different versions. I'm really enjoying the life, the Tree of Life uh, version. It's a, it's a wonderful read as well. And the Passion Bible, it reads well. So I kind of take on several different kinds. But today we're going to use a new literal translation or the new living translation. So what is the purpose of the tithe? Number one, to meet the operational expenses of the ministry. To meet the operational expenses of the ministry. Now, we're going to read it in Scripture in just a minute, but, but just anyone, take a guess just for a minute right now uh, what it takes to run just this church. Anyone have a number per month that, 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 that is just the minimum of what we need to, to, to uh, that we, we, as an expense? The minimum. $5,000, okay? $20,000. $30,000. Anyone else? So we got 5000 we got 20000 we got 30000 Okay. So, so minimally, that includes our, our mortgage payment. Minimally, we we the, the minimum is about between seventeen to twenty three thousand dollars a month. Seventeen to twenty three thousand dollars a month. Now that will drop considerably once we pay off this facility, which we're believing that will happen within the next two years. Okay, we have roughly about $200,000 left, um, slightly over $200,000 left, and we're believing that we're going to take that out in less than two years. That will free up funds, not free up funds that we can start packing it away, but free up funds so we can do more. The ability to do more, the ability to maybe add some staff to do some things that we would like to do. So, so roughly... Just even with our utility expenses, you know, uh, I don't know how many of you all have a, a $20,000, $22,000 utility bill per year. Anyone? 20, 20 something. And that's, that's minimal use. That's not talking about, you know, leaving the lights on all the time and, 
And we're not, we're not fruit, we're not, we're not, uh, uh, what's the word? We're not, we don't just, we don't leave the lights on in the sanctuary and all. That, that's just a minimum. That's been that way for the past five years. And that's not even doing a lot. You know, we're not, we, we try our best to be as uh, frugal as, as possible. What I want you to understand is that it costs to do ministry. That's what I want you to understand. It costs to do ministry. This is, this is not a business, but it must have business principles. It, must ha- it, it functions like a business. It functions, and our business is the business of propagating or, or putting the gospel out there and being a place where people can come to be ministered to. So when we talk about the tithe, we're talking about um, uh, one of the purposes of the tithe is to cover the operational expense of ministry. And, and the reason it's got to have our heart in it is because who else is going to do it? The government is not giving us money. The government is not sending financial uh, 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 monies uh, uh, or federal grants to help us. They're not, they're not doing it. And neither should we expect them to. Their heart is not for the kingdom necessarily. There may be people in government who have a heart for ministry. That's why God says, I want my nation set apart by my nation. I want my people to, to value what is going on here. Because I can't count on anyone else. It's not anyone else's responsibility. It's, it's the kingdom dwellers. It's my people. It is their responsibility to do, the, to do the work and to make sure that it's run in a way that there's always needs being met. Things being taken care of. All right? And I think it's just outstanding, to be quite honest with you, to see how God has sustained this ministry over the decades. Two and a half decades. And I can remember signing that first lease at about, what, $1,100? Something like that. And literally doing like this. I didn't know, I didn't know if anyone was going to come around. 1100 back then was a lot. And your hands kind of shiver because you know at the end of the day, uh, it's going to take your faith to bring it all in. $1,100. And it, it went up to 1700 because we, in, we increased the, our, our square footage. But, but how many of you understand that, that even at that stage, it took faith and it took people believing in the mission in order to give? Because again, money is not falling out of heaven. God must move amongst his people to do the work. So let's look at the scripture. Number one is this. To meet the operational expenses of ministry. Look at uh, Numbers chapter 18 and verse 21. Numbers 18 and verse 21. As for the tribe of Levi, your relatives, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of an allotment of land, I will give them the tithes from the entire land of Israel. From now on, no Israelites except priests or Levites may approach the tabernacle. If they come too near, they will be judged guilty and will die. Only the Levites may serve at the tabernacle, and they will be held responsible for any offenses against it. This is a permanent law for, the, for you to be observed from generation to generation. The Levites will receive no allotment of land among the Israelites because I have given them the Israelites' tithes, which have been presented as sacred offerings to the Lord. Now, obviously, it's saying here it's a sacred offering to the Lord, but who's getting it? It's not floating up to heaven, is it? It's not going up there. We're not, not, not near blue envelope when we leave here. Not near blue envelope is flying up to heaven or wherever we deem heaven at. Okay? Just wanted y'all to know that just in case y'all did not know that. Where did I get to? 
This will be the Levite's share. That is why I said they would receive no allotment of land among the Israelites. The Lord also told Moses, give these instructions to the, the Levites. When you receive from the people of Israel the tithes I have assigned as your allotment, give a tenth of the tithes you receive, a tithe of the tithe, to the Lord as a sacred offering. The Lord will consider this offering to be the harvest offering, as though it were uh, the, the first grain from your own threshing floor or of wine, wait a minute, yeah, floor or wine from your own wine press. You must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israelites as a sacred offering to the Lord. And this is the Lord's sacred portion, and you must present it to Aaron the priest. Be sure to give to the Lord the best portions of the gifts given to you. Now, what is being said here? It's saying that the nation of Israel was given the responsibility to take a tithe of all that they had and give it to the Levites, the tribe of Levi, who had the responsibility of taking care of the tabernacle, taking care of the temple, taking care of everything that is responsible there. And then after that, he said this, because there was a lot to be done. They had to wash and clean and take care of, and, and people had different um, uh, times in which they had to come and watch over the temple, and there's a lot that had to be done, and it was all the responsibility of the Levite tribe to do this. He said, they will have no portion or no heritage, so they're kind of dependent upon you guys to do what you need to do. That's what he was telling them. They're responsible. They, 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 in order for them to do it the way I want it done, in order for it to look good when people come in there, in order for the incense to be burning when they come in there, in order for everything to, to smell good and operate good and all those wonderful things, he said, I need somebody at work full time doing these things. And then he said this. He said, and then take the Levites' responsibility is take, uh, take a tenth of that which they receive and make sure the high priests don't do anything but do their job to go between me and man. See, the church really has no responsibility. We don't, the church, the church that God has opened up has, does not have a responsibility to tithe. We receive the tithe, but we do have a responsibility, and we should, as you'll see in Scripture, to give outside of it, out of the surplus that we can give. There's no requirement. There's no responsibility to do it. And so, so in order for the, the church to really do and be what it, God wants it to be, it needs a surplus so that all the operating expenses are taken care of, and then you can do some other things, right? You can do more now because now you've got a surplus of things coming in. And, 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 and that allows us to do more within not only to take care of the church. If y'all came to this church and, and it was all nasty looking and print on the windows and the mirrors and the trash not taken out and the, 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 the toilets all dirty and gooked up and all kinds of stuff, would that represent God well? No, that wouldn't represent God well. As a matter of fact, we want to get to a point where when you step on this ground, you look at the grass, and the grass is just blue-green, thick, beautiful. Look like someone came and combed it with a brush. Because it speaks of God. When you go up to the cove, how many of you have been to the cove before? Ain't nothing shortchanged about the cold visit. Now, some people might say, well, that's a waste of money. And the grass all deep green like that, and, and, and they got everything's nice and clean. They could be doing something else with that money. No, God wants us to do. God wants things to look pristine. God wants things to look clean. God wants things to look like they're being taken care of. And be able to still help others out. All of it comes with an operational expense. There's a lot more you can do with more than you can do with less. I may never understand that. And so, God, we have to begin to think about it in God's way. God is not skimpy. He didn't skimp on us. He, he didn't give us a world that would have just a little bit of space on it and all of us crammed into that little bit of space. The world is huge. It's big. 
And he has enough room for all of us to go out and have arms linked apart from one another so that we don't have to bump into one another. And if we're bumping into one another, that's by choice. You want to go live in New York? Live in New York. That's fine. No one's, no one's saying you can't, but you have a choice. There's space out there. And so we have to begin to, to change the way we think about God. God is generous. And we all ought also to be generous. For what purpose? What is the one of the purpose of the tithe? The tithe is to cover the operational expenses of ministry. That would include the make taking up of the facility. That would include uh, the pastor's salary and anyone that is on staff. And it is the goal to increase that staff because when you increase people who are doing things either part-time or full-time and can actually dedicate their thinking to that all the time, you can get more accomplished. I truly see a day when there's somebody uh, other than myself that is actually hitting the streets. And that's all they got to think about all day long is how do we get, how do we get the gospel out there? Just like an admissions officer uh, in a school and an admissions director. All they think about all day long is how to get people to the school. That they're paid good money in some schools, good money just to think about how do we attract people to the school. But it takes money. And it's also one of the first ones that would be clipped sometimes if, if there's not enough money in the operational expenses. Y'all understand? So we desire to get to that place as a ministry where the operational expenses are taken care of uh, by the tithe and that we have a surplus so that we can do even more. And so if, if you have a challenge with that, if you're challenged by this thing called the tithe, then you're challenged because your mind is too small. Your eyes are too small. The Bible calls it an evil eye as opposed to a good eye. Most people are not fighting against the tithe because uh, there's something wrong or someone's stealing the money. It's because of the cheapness of their soul. It's not because uh, something's going wrong. It, you, 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 the deal is you, have, you need to fatten your soul up. Enlarge our souls to begin to think that God is big. God is generous. The problem is not with is it right or is it wrong? Most people are battling whether or not it's legal, is it law, do I required to do it under the new the dispensation? They're not fighting that because of, of, of they're really concerned of whether or not it's legalism or whether or not God requires it. They don't want to give. That's why they're fighting it. That's the problem. The problem is not, well, I just found out there's a legal, legal. You ain't worried about it being legal or not. You just don't want to give. I'm talking to somebody who's watching on television. I'm not talking to nobody in here. I'm talking to, I'm talking to you. You, you, you need to start giving, you rascal. No, I'm just joking. But think about it just a minute. Think about when you bought. Think about when you had a problem with it. It had nothing to do with it. You didn't even know nothing about the legal aspects of it. You just didn't want to give. You just didn't want to give. Let's look at some more scriptures. So the Bible says God is spirit, right? So God is spirit, so the, the laws that he gave were spirit, were they not? Right? Man made a legal, legalism out of it, but the spirit gave, gave it. The spirit of it was what God was talking about. Oh, you better say amen, somebody. Come on now. Look, look, look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 5. Deuteronomy 12 and verse 5. So we're going to look at 12 and verse 5 and 6 and 11 and 17. Listen to this. So we're talking about where the tithe is supposed to go, the destination of the tithe and, and where it's supposed to go and what reason it's supposed to go there. Whether you must seek the Lord your God at the place of worship, he himself will choose from among all the tribes. Now it's important to understand this piece right here is that your tithe shouldn't just go anywhere. It, it should go to a place that has 
God's name on it, right? Listen, you shouldn't tithe at this church if you don't think God's name is on this church. If, if this is not the church of God, then first of all, you shouldn't tithe to it. But secondly, you shouldn't even be here. Right, if you just come and I don't know what you're here for. I mean, these chairs are, are pretty comfortable, but there's a recliner at your house that's far better suited for laying down than these chairs. So I don't, if this is not the, if, if this house is not where God is or where God you're supposed to be speaking to, then you really shouldn't be here at all and definitely not giving your tithe here. So you have to ask yourself that question. Do I believe this is God's house? Is this where God's put his name? And because if it is where God put his name, then it's going to speak to you. Then I should be supporting what's going on here. All right? Everybody with me? Say, Pastor, I'm not trying to beat you down, am I? Am I trying to beat you down? No, not at all. That, because it is, the, it is the spirit. We are not under law, but under grace. But grace is an enabler. Grace says, I have the ability to do it. That's what grace is all about. God has given us the ability. He's graced us with himself. We have the heart of God. So if you tell me, well, I'm not under law, but under grace. Well, praise the Lord, brother. That means you've got God's ability. That means you've got God's generosity. That means that you can do it. Amen. Amen. I'm not under law. <laughs> no, if you were under law, the law would kill it, and you would end up stopping doing it anyway. But you're under grace. That means you're under an enablement. That place, they, there you will bring your, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your sacred offerings, your offerings to, the, to fulfill a vow, your voluntary offerings, your offerings of the firstborn animals uh, of your herd and flocks. <clears throat> Verse uh, 11, you must bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your sacred offerings, and your offerings to fulfill a vow. To the designated place of worship. To the designated place of worship. The place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Hallelujah. I believe New Day Christian Church is a place where God's name is to be honored. Amen? I believe that. I believe this is a place where God's name is to be honored. Now notice he talks about it. He lumps in there all this uh, sacred offering, uh, offering to fulfill your vow, um, uh, and the burnt offering, and your tithes. So he's talking about your, your, your obligation of the tithe, and then he says all these other things above it. All these other things. That, that's how we do what we do, people. It is, the, it is the taking care of the, of the expenses, but then bring all the other stuff in there. Because remember, Malachi says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Bring all the tithe and the offering into the storehouse. All right, we're going to get to that a little later. All right, verse 17. But you may not, but you may not eat your offerings in your hometown, neither the tithe of your grain and new wine and olive oil, nor the firstborn of your flocks and your herds, nor any offering to fulfill a vow, nor your voluntary offerings, nor your sacred offerings. It's talking about what we are to bring to that designated place where God wants it to be distributed. All right? Let's look at um, verse um, Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 24. It says, now when the Lord your God blesses you with a good harvest, the place of, wor of worship, he chooses, everybody say chooses, for his name to be honored might be too far for you to bring a tithe. Listen, if so, you may sell the tithe portion of your crops and herds, put the money in a pouch, and go to the place the Lord your God has chosen. In other words, if you're 25 miles, 30 miles away from the temple and you've got to bring the tithe, you know, don't make it so tough, difficult. Sell what you are going to put in the tithe and bring the cash is what he's saying. All right? When you arrive, you may use 
uh, the money to buy any kind of food you want. Cattle, sheep, goats, wine, or other alcoholic drink. No, some of y'all didn't hear that. That's talking about... That's <laughs> I knew I should have switched over this new little translation. <laughs> okay. Then feast there in the presence of the Lord your God and celebrate with your household. And do not neglect the Levites in your town, for they will receive no allotment of land among you. In other words, when you go to the temple and take care of it and bring all these things, make sure that you bring enough of that tithe for the Levites so that they can party along with you. At the end of every third year, bring the entire tithe of that year's harvest and store it in the nearest town. Give it to the Levites who will receive no allotment of land among you, as well as the foreigners living among you, the orphans and the widows of your town, so that they can eat and be satisfied. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work. So he's telling them here, make sure you get the tithe to the storehouse. And then he says a lot, part, and we're going to get to that a little later, but notice what it did say here, so that the foreigners living among you, the orphans living among you, the widows of your town, uh, that they too can eat from the tithe. So in some ways, they include uh, those who are needy and poor. They include them in the operational budget as well. Are y'all getting that? They're including them into the operational budget. So we need a surplus, don't we? We, we need a surplus because we don't want to turn anyone away. We, we want to meet the needs of the people that would come here. It, I hate telling someone, we, we can't help you today. Because we're just, we just taking care of the lights and the whatever and the whatever and the whatever. We, I want to be able to say, okay, you know, if, if God is leading us to do so, we want to help you out. But it takes a surplus to be able to do that. And throughout the years, we've been having a surplus. But every now and then, we need a little reminder, don't we? We need to move that needle just a little bit more, don't we? We need to hear faith cometh by hearing. People don't do what you are expecting. They do what you go back and remind them of and inspect. People need to be reminded. Faith cometh by hearing. That's why we've taken this time of the year to do just that. To remind us. To remind ourselves of some things relative to generosity and giving. Is it a good reminder? Are you guys being reminded? All right. Do, do, have I read Deuteronomy chapter? Yeah, well, let's go Deuteronomy chapter 14 real quick. 24, or have I already read that? I already read that, didn't I? All right, let's move to the next point. First point was, what was the first point? To do what? Meet the operational expenses of the ministry. What is included in that? Everybody who does something around here and also the person who does the ministry, right? The Bible tells us, and we'll get into that a little later, it says, and it's an Old Testament scripture, it says, Muzzle not the ox that treadeth out the mill. Don't muzzle him. Because if you muzzle him, he can't, he, he can't eat the grain. And if he can't eat the grain, he's going to have to go and work for the grain. Paul said it. And I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just slow down just a little bit. Y'all have got me excited this morning. Look at, look at Numbers chapter 18. So the next point, well, I already read that, didn't I? The yeah. Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. I didn't read Numbers? Numbers 18, 21? Thought I did. Thank you. You always got your gallery over here that's always talking. <laughs> Number two, tithing is an initial, and maybe even the initial, step of reformation. When a person is revived and a person is reformed, you see it first in their generosity, in their giving. Did you hear me? You know, you know when somebody's got when God's got their heart because, because wherever 
a man's heart is, wherever a man's treasure is, there is his heart. And so you always know a good indicator as to where someone is at is through their giving. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love you, Pastor. I do, you know, I love this ministry. I love it. You know I love this ministry. I do. <laughs> yeah, I praise the Lord. I believe you do. But the evidence is in your giving. That's the evidence. And I understand that there are times in which we're not our capacity. Like Kim and I, our capacity, we, we tithe and we give, but, but we want to increase that capacity. But in this season of our life right now, tithing and some giving is about we, all we can do relative to our overall expenses because we got two kids in college. And plus, Kim likes to wear furs and minks. <laughs> <laughs> she she, she likes to look good, man. She be taking like, where are you going, baby? No, that's not her. That is not her at all. Not at all. No, no, not at all. But you understand, over time, our capacity to give changes. But it should always stay solid on tithing. And we increase our offerings as we go along. Is this making sense? All right, listen, 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 listen. Listen, tithing is an initial step of reformation. Listen to this. Uh, first um, uh, Chronicles, cha- Second Chronicles chapter 31 and verse 1. This is um, King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah, if you know anything about him, he was the good guy. He was a good king. There was a lot of bad, sour, terrible kings. But Hezekiah was a good one who realized they had missed the mark. They had stepped away from some things and they had stopped doing what they needed to do. And so he started reforms. He started getting it back. Kind of sort of like what Pastor Gould did when he came here. He, he, was, he had a reformative message, didn't he? He, like, he, he? he said, well, I've been going to different places. And God shared with me a dream, and I began to look at our own ministry and realize there was some reformation that's needed, because we can get off, man. How many of you, how many of you every now and then, you got to go realign your vehicle? Brand new vehicle. 12 months down the road, 16 months down the road, two years down the road, and it starts to just kind of slightly go this way, Right? And next thing you know, you go down that road long enough, you don't, you've gotten away, long ways off from where you should be, right? So reformation is not a bad thing. It's just we all can just get bumped out of, out of tune. We can all just kind of lose it, right? I, I can. Okay. All right. We, we don't all remain where we are when we started. We, we get bumped around. We get hit a little bit. We get, you know, and, and people, you know, pe- people can kind of bump you, Right? And also, we always got to do some correcting, move, move back around. Let's, okay, we're back into where we need to be. I just recognized who you were. Just, I looked, I was like, how do I know this woman? Kept looking. Now I know. I, <laughs> good to see you. Glad to have you here today. Good job. All right. Number two, Reformation. When the festival ended, the Israelites who attended went to all the towns of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. And they smashed all the sacred pillars, cut down their Shura poles, and removed the pagan shrines and altars. These folk were off, weren't they? They were serving other gods. They had a Shura poles, which were kind of like idols, and removed the pagan shrines and altars. And after this, the Israelites returned to their towns and homes. Hezekiah then organized the priests and the Levites into divisions to offer the burnt offerings and the peace offerings and to worship and give thanks and praise to the Lord at the gates of the temple. The king also made a personal contribution of animals for the daily morning and the evening burnt offerings. The weekly Sabbath festivals, the monthly new moon festivals, the annual festivals as prescribed in the law of the Lord. In addition, 
he required the people in Jerusalem to bring a portion of their goods to the priests and Levites so they could devote themselves, so that they could devote themselves, so they could devote themselves fully to the law of the Lord. When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing the first share of their grain, new wine, olive oil, honey, and all the produce of their fields. Now notice here, I want you to catch this. This is so powerful. It says, and, and, and when they began to recognize what they hadn't been doing, they began to bring all of the things God had blessed them with back into the storehouse, which gives you this understanding that even though they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, God was still doing what he was supposed to do. Y'all see that, right? I mean, they were blessed. It didn't say, it didn't say they had nothing to give. God was still blessing them. God was still, when they were being unfaithful, God was still being faithful. God was still blessing his people. God was still blessing Israel. Even today, when many of them have not received the Messiah, when many of them have not yet come to the acknowledgement of the Messiah, He's still blessing Israel. He's still blessing them. Matter of fact, he tells us even to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah, they're not acknowledging me yet, but yes, I have a covenant with them. And even though they don't recognize the Messiah, I still bless them. Even today, you may be holding back on the tithe and offering, but God is still blessing you. God is still taking care of you. God is still watching over you. God is still providing for you. And even if you never do anything, he's still doing everything. So it becomes out of the goodness of my heart, God, I realize I've been, I've been holding back. I, I've, I've been robbing you of glory, and, and now that I have, I want to reform here. I, I want to, I mean, what do I need all this stuff for? New pair of shoes? New vehicle? Bigger house? No. I want to honor you first, God. Talk to me. So when the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by the bringing the first share of their grain, new wine, oil, olive oil, honey. And y'all know how difficult it is to get honey? It ain't like going to the store. Saw this African one time, man, he went up 40 feet up high in a tree. Bees beat, stinging him, getting honey. <laughs> Olive oil, honey, and produce of their fields. They brought the large quantity, a tithe of all they produced. The people who had moved to Judah from Israel and the people of Judah themselves brought in the tithes of the, their cattle, the sheep, the goats, and the tithe of the things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God. And they piled, piled, piled them up in great heaps. They began piling them up in the late spring, and the heaps continued to grow until early autumn. And when Hezekiah and his officials came and saw these huge, Pals. They thanked the Lord and his people Israel. And where did all this come from? Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites. And Azariah, the high priest from the family of Zadok, replied, Since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. The Lord has blessed his people and all. This is left over. Hezekiah ordered the storehouse rooms to be prepared in the temple of the Lord. And when this was done, the people faithfully brought all the gifts, tithes, and other items dedicated for use in the temple. Conan, Conaniah, the Levite, was put in charge, insisted, assisted by his brother Shemai. So here's another thing. Here's another thing to look into. There was already a whole lot of stuff out there. Right? Are y'all hearing me? There was already a whole lot of stuff out there. But it wasn't in the right place. It wasn't where God had put his name. So they were, they were keeping back what God had given them. For the upkeep. For the, for the 
uh, expenses of the ministry. So they, they, would, they were taking care of their homes at God's expense, but not taking care of God's house. So reform. When our hearts are reformed, we begin to think differently. Got a few more minutes here and we're going to be done. A couple of more scriptures. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 10. It says, I also discovered... <clears throat> I also discovered that the Levites had not been given their prescribed portions of food. So they and the, and the singers who were to conduct the worship service, services had all returned to work their fields. I immediately confronted the leaders and demanded. This is Nehemiah because Nehemiah was a reformist. He rebuilt the walls. He said, let's, let's return Israel back to its former glory. Let's bring it back to where it used to be. Let me go back to the top again. Verse 10, it says, also, I also discovered that the Levites had been given their prescribed portions of food, so they and the singers who were to conduct the worship services had all returned to work their fields. I immediately confronted the leaders and demanded, why has the temple of God been neglected? Then I called all the Levites back again and restored them to their proper duties and once more, all the people of Judah began bringing their tithes of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the temple storerooms. In other words, they, they, they had to go, the people who were working and tending to the temple, they had to go back in the fields and work because the people who were responsible for taking care and making sure the temple was taken care of and making sure there was food to eat in the temple, they were in the fields working, which God never, ever required of them. He required that they take and make his business number one. Dedicate their time to his business. And they're out grinding corn, making meal, working a second and third job, and then having to do just a little bit to the temple. And I'm sure people are like, man, this place is broke down, isn't it? Man, where are the people that work at? Bring your tithe in here and they can start working again. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> All right, last one. All right, but just, just a little bit. Just getting into my message. Just, just <laughs> Malachi chapter 3 you guys have heard this one this one I went back to New King James Version because I didn't like the way it sounded in the in New Literal I said I, I want this one to kind of because it just, it just sounds better sounds more preachy <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> now, I remember this one from a kid bring it on home George Will a man rob God? Yet you have heard, how have we robbed you? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. So here we have it. God is saying, how have you robbed me? Now we already said no money's going up to heaven, right? There's not, not one penny, not one penny, not one penny has ever gone to heaven out of this ministry. Not one time. Not one time has any money gone up to heaven. Not one, not, not one time. So what does God have to, what is he talking about? What is he talking about as a man robbed God? What, what, is he, what is he talking about here? What's he talking about? I think what he's talking about, what I believe he's talking about is you're robbing me of glory. You're robbing me of acknowledgement. The Bible says he's a jealous God. In other words, if he does something, he wants the credit for it. He wants everyone to say, he did it. He did it. He did it. It wasn't in my own strength. It wasn't in my own power. And the one way that we are able to do that is by taking the tithe in the heart of tithing. Right? 
Not in the law of tithing because the law of tithing doesn't really acknowledge God. It's just an obligation. It's just something we do. We do it with our heads down. We do it backwards. We just kind of flop it into the bucket. No, he said with great acknowledgement, acknowledge that you have brought me this far, God. Everything I have has come from you, God. I don't do this mindlessly. I don't muse over this. I acknowledge you, God. You have brought me into the land. You have killed the enemy on my behalf. You have opened up the fields for me. God, I acknowledge you. This means something. I don't do it half-heartedly. I do it. No matter what the amount is, no matter how much I give, I do it because you have given me. You have blessed me. You have caused victory into my life. I want you to think about it. Again, the way we know it's not the law is because the, the fact that you have something to give means that you, God has blessed you when you were a rascal, when you weren't even doing what you were supposed to be doing, when you weren't even acting right. When you, when you were unrighteous, God was still blessing you. He's just saying, just, just acknowledge where you came from. Acknowledge where you got it from. Just, just let me know. Just let the world know by your tithing that you know where who has blessed you. We're almost done. Would a man rob God for you have robbed me, even this whole nation? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessings that you will not have room enough to receive it. See, 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 I believe this is what I believe. Now the latter part of that, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that the, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail, bear fruit for your... And, and all the nations of the earth will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. I believe that that is the surplus of blessing. I believe that the fact that we get here and able to live for a little while, and able to be provided for for a little while, I think that's just, that's just a common blessing. In other words, I just... You human, God loves you, he's going to take care of you. But I believe there is the, 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 the other blessing in which God says, you honor me, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a bless your socks off of you. I, I, I'm going I'm to give you more than you can receive. I'm going to make it so that your, your storehouses be so full that you, you just, you're just going to bless you, you just wait. So everyone gets the common blessing. There are people who don't even have nothing about God who are prospering greatly. They're prospering greatly with their minds, with their labor. They're doing a wonderful job. That's a common blessing. They didn't have to be that way. God could have said to that, that football player who fails to acknowledge him, who's making $50 million a year, you're like, well, not today. You're going to wake up and you can't move no more. If he were a bad God. Right? You wake up, you can't even, you can't move. But he's a good guy. I said he's a good guy. And says, so, so he's telling us not to rob him. And he says us for this reason. He said, so that there might be what? Meat. So that there might be food in my house. Are y'all hearing me? So that there might be food in my house. So that we can be a distribution center. Do you hear me? So that we can be a distribution center. So that when things come our way, we can be a, 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 a distributor of the goodness of God. That we have money stockpiled in the bank. So that when someone does come with a need, we can say, what, well, hold, hold up, let me, let me see. What's your need? All right, you, you, get, you need your utilities paid? Okay, let me, let, me, let me pray about this for just a minute. Let me think on it. Uh, okay, how much? 1500 Boom. And then not, not even fill it. No, I mean, not even, not even fill it. I'm, I'm talking about not even, not even flinch, not even, you know, not even give a, 
second, care, you know. And then ask them the question, where do you think that came from? Oh, well, uh, why did you come to the church to get it? Why, why didn't you go to the juke joint? Why didn't you go to the mayor? Why didn't you go to the county commissioners and ask them for some help? Why didn't you go to your school and your school board? How come you come to them for help? You came to, to us for help because herein is where God has put his name. Yeah, why you come over here? Why, why you? Well, you don't, you don't talk about the church. Why you come over here? You came over here because you think we're good, and I'm here to tell you we're not good, but God is good. And when we're able to meet a particular need of a person because God is good and he's been good to us, or usins. Or Ewans. And we're able to bless people. And if everyone in this ministry who calls upon the name of the Lord today and for the rest of this year began to really deem God worthy of the tithe, everything will go up incrementally. And our ability, our capacity to help others would increase. Think about it. Think about it. 12,000 extra dollars freed up to do ministry. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the mortgage. 12,000 extra dollars freed up. We cut into that bad boy, take care of it all in a, a year. 12,000 extra dollars. to go and do some extra kinds of ministry, to get in people's lives, to be able to, to do more with, with more people involved and, and so on and so forth. God wants to do it, people. I'm so excited because I believe God is speaking to you today. I believe God is speaking to us today. And I believe he's challenging you by his spirit. He's saying to you, how good have I been? How good? Am I worthy of your 10? Am I worthy of your 10%? Will you now reconsider your generosity, your giving? If you've been doing it for many, many years, God is saying, will you consider? Will you consider? And if you don't trust me as a pastor in the way this church runs, I would say to you, you don't need to be here anymore. They don't need you sticking around a place where you think that somebody's trying to cheat you and, 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 and bamboozle you and, and take from you. Go somewhere else. Go to the club. If you think they're more faithful, if you think they're going to take better care of you, then go there. Don't stick around here. Whew, man, don't work me up. Why are y'all doing this to me, man? Woo, I'm just... All right, I'm talking to you all. They're in the camera. Now, I'm not talking to these people. I'm talking to you. God bless you. Did you get something out of this today? You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www. Dot newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.